We continue today with our reading, and our reading comes from Psalm chapter 60. O God, you have rejected us and broken our defenses. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have caused the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair the cracks in it, for it is tottering. You have made your people suffer hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us real. You've set up a banner for those who fear you to rally it out of bowshot. Give victory to your right hand and answer us so that those whom you love may be rescued. God has promised it as sanctuary. With exultation I will divide Shechem and portion out the vale of Succoth. Gilead is mine and Manasseh is mine. Ephraim is my helmet and Judah is my scepter. Moab is my wash basin. In Edom I hurl my shoe. Over Philistia I shout in triumph. Who will bring me to the fortified city, and who will lead me to Edom? Have you not rejected us, O God? You do not, you do not go out, O God, with our armies. O grant us help against the foe, for human help is worthless. With God we shall do valiantly, and it is he who will tread down our foes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Last week, um, I, I got to share a little bit of my story, or in fact, more than probably I'll share before or since. Uh, thank you so much for calls, emails, text messages. The list goes on and on. Um, I know that that message meant a lot to a lot of you all as well, so thank you for um, your uh, reflections on that. We talked about this. What do we do when God doesn't fix it? And the thing we said last week is we have this whole language called lament. And lament is this reality that we wish God was repairing things, but we can't seem to see that show up in our lives. And so how, do we, how are we honest with God in expressing that pain and that difficulty that happens in us? But one of the things that I mentioned last week that I wanted to go into a lot deeper is this. Pain isolates us. And when we're in pain and when we're hurting, it tends to make us feel really, really alone and to separate us from other people who are going through, um, who, who, who wish— it separates us from other people who wish they could be there for us, but we feel like maybe we want to pull back and maybe we want to be separate from other people. When we're hurting, we naturally want to be alone, which makes sense. Um, there's a powerful urge to just separate when we hurt. Maybe this is because we're worried that we're going to drag other people down. You know, we're sad and people don't really want to deal with that and people would rather be around us when we're happy. Or maybe we're trying simply to be numb. We don't want to feel those feelings. And so we're saying, well, if I don't talk about them and I, I don't have to spend time with people, I can sort of just wall myself off from those feelings and, and feel differently. Or maybe we're simply afraid to look weak. We know we can't control our emotion and we don't want to look like we don't have it together and so we, you know, just back off and, and do our own thing. Or maybe there are other reasons why we simply don't want to be alone. But the reality is, is that when we face hurt, we want to separate ourselves. Um, as our family was going through some of the struggles that was going through a little while ago, one of the things I realized is that people were bringing um, things to the house over and over again. They, people brought food for some crazy reason. Uh, it was lasagnas, and it was all kinds of meals, and, and maybe the most popular one was ham buns. I don't know why, but we're all Norwegian, and so ham buns, I'll make you all hungry before you get to the next thing. You'll have to go get a cookie after the sermon's over. But people would show up with food over and over on our doorstep, and it was more than we could eat. 
especially the desserts. It was more than we could quite handle. And people kept coming and coming and coming. And I remember as the pile of food built and as the fridges got full, um, my dad and my sister and I were sitting at the house and we're sort of struggling through this. And as somebody left, these incredible blessings of food had turned into something that was frustrating us. And I was cranky at this moment, and my sister was, and my dad was, and I can't remember who of us said it, but we said, why do people keep bringing food? I wish they would just stop. What are we supposed to do with all of this? But pain is isolating, and people knew that. Pain made me want to be alone, and people knew this because more than anything, if somebody said, hey, can I come over and talk to you? I'd say, you know, it's busy time right now, maybe later. And by later, I meant never. Do you ever say that? You, mean, you say later, but you mean just not. Let's just not talk about this at all because this hurts and it's not that much fun. And I was trying desperately to hold people back, and people kept showing up with food. And the thing about food is this— You can't tell somebody to go away when they brought you a meal. You just can't. You have to say, out of simply delight and courtesy, you say, please come in. People knew that. People knew that pain was isolating. And so they were finding their way in the front door. Over and over again, people were finding a way so that they could show up and care, even when I didn't want them to even when I wasn't ready to deal with it. This is true when we're struggling with with a loss. This is true when we're hurting, when something difficult has happened. We simply want to be on our own. And we want to wall ourselves off from all that feeling and all all that frustration and all the things that are going on, whatever that pain is. We're we're dealing with it. And the thing that I was most surprised by and I was most shocked by was that The world was almost like a slowly marching army. And they all knew my suffering. The thing I was most shocked by is how many people knew the suffering that was going on. Because when I started to go through this, I thought nobody has ever felt like this before. How could they? How could you ever recover from this kind of pain? Well, it turns out that so many of us have struggled. It turns out that so many of us have gone through these painful moments and hurt incredibly. And the people who were the most persistent at showing up were the people who knew the suffering the deepest. And they said, I've been there. And I'm not going to let you sit there. It was a slowly marching army. And as much as I tried to hold them back, I couldn't. In that moment for me, That was the church. That was who the church was, and it felt like they were all on the same page. They were all working together to show up, to walk through the front door, and to not let me be alone. In that moment, I had a church around me. And many of you, along with people who I didn't know because they were related to my mom or to my dad or to my sister in some relationship, showed up in our lives and said, we are not leaving. We intend to be here. We're not going anywhere. It was like they were all on the same page, and it was like they all had the same commission. Maybe it sounded like what Paul writes in Galatians 6. Bear one another's burdens— And in this way, you will fulfill the law 
of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. I think one of the things that we continue to forget is that, is that this is the church's job, to pick each other up when we're down, and we don't really get it until we see it in action. Church can be a happy, shiny place when you only come here, when you only see it maybe on a Sunday morning for the first or second or third or fourth time. It's a place where people put on some of their better clothes, It's a place where people put on some of their best smiles. It's a place where they show up and they say, you know what, we're doing all right. But when we start to see what the church really is, we start to see what it looks like to bear each other's burdens, to hurt when other people hurt, to lift each other up when others are in pain. Church is a family. And in a family, we're in it together. Church is a family and in a family, when we're, when, we're, when we're in this, we're not separated from each other. There's no real line between who is who. Or maybe put another way, when one of us hurts, all of us hurt. When one of us hurts, all of us hurt. This is how family works. When you have a brother or a sister or a child or a parent who is hurting, we hurt too. When you have friends who you say, they're like my family, it's because when they're rejoicing, you're rejoicing, and when they're hurting, you're hurting. Our call is to bear each other's burdens. It's to care for each other in the midst of incredible pain. It's to pick each other up and to say, I am not in pain in this moment, but I'm going to take that on because I know you are. And because I know that I can lighten this load as I walk alongside you, as I care for you. This is how family works. This is how community works. This is how church works. When one of us hurts, all of us hurt. But how on earth can that help? How on earth can we actually bear each other's burdens? I thought it was helpful to read from 2 Corinthians this week. And here's what it said. Here's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all consolation, who consoles us in our affliction, so that we may be able to console those who are in any affliction with the consolation with which we ourselves are consoled by God. Here's what I learned. God comforted them. I had no idea. You see, um, I had worked as a hospital chaplain for an extended period of time, because you have to do that. And I had worked for many years with families who were grieving and hurting. I had worked for many years with families who were dealing with loss, whether it was job loss or relationships that were broken. I had worked through all these things. I had no idea the depth of pain that existed. And suddenly— all of a sudden, I had experienced it. And the people who showed up for me were not experts. They were not trained. That was not the reason. Some of them were trained, but that wasn't the reason they showed up. They showed up because they knew how much it hurts. God had comforted them, and God had sent them to comfort me. I had no idea. I couldn't possibly understand I was shocked by all that was going on. And I was amazed at all these people who brought strength on God's behalf. That in the midst of a struggle, in the midst of my not being able to really even function well enough to do my job, 
in the midst of people from this church showing up and explaining. I, I said, I'll be at church tonight to preach. And one of you, and I won't say who it was, Jeff Jacobson, but one of you showed up to explain to me that that was not how this was going to work. That I, I had to go and that the church would be the church and they would comfort me at the same time. And you did. And I know that I'm not alone because so many of you have told me the same stories. That God sent others to comfort us because God had comforted them. You see, the temptation is to not let the church comfort us. The temptation is to walk into this place week after week and to show up and say, it's okay. I'm okay. How are you doing? Oh, good. It's going great. We tend not to say, I had to bail my kid or my brother out of jail last week. We tend not to say, I'm struggling and I'm not sure the way up. I think I need to go to a meeting or see a counselor. I'm not sure what comes next. We tend to show up and we don't say, I don't know how my relationship is going to work through next week and I can't find the next moment. Instead, we show up and we say, I'm okay. Here's what I need to tell you. Church is a place where it's okay not to be okay. Church is a place where it's okay to show up broken and hurting. Because the deal is this. If you think your pain is unique and nobody's ever experienced it before, I'm here to tell you that you're sitting in the ro a room full of people who have hurt and who have struggled and who have been comforted by God and whose job it is, whose commission it is to bear each other's burdens and in this way fulfill the law of Christ. Three months ago, I was hurting more than I've ever hurt before. Friday afternoon, we had lost my mom, and Sunday morning at this service, I showed up and, and I sat somewhere right back over here. Now, I have cried a lot of times in churches before. You see, when I'm hurting and I'm broken, church is the place I go. And I, I remember the first Christmas that I spent away from my family, and I was hanging out with my wife's family, and I was working in a church, and I, it was weird, and it just wasn't that much fun, and everything was wrong. And so Christmas Eve at 11 o'clock service, everybody else was in bed, and I went to a church where I knew I would know nobody, and I sat in the back row, and I sobbed. I am still convinced there's some— the lady who sat next to me that night still wonders about the crazy guy who cried by himself on Christmas Eve as we sang Silent Night. This was just reality. Nearly every week, somebody cries here. And it's not because my messages are so powerful or so amazing. Nearly every week, somebody cries here because they're struggling. Church is a place where it's okay to not be okay. But up until three months ago, when I needed to do that, I went to a church where nobody knew me because I wanted it to be safe, and I wanted to be able to slip in and slip out and just be the crazy person. But that morning, I walked in here, and because I'm scared of social situations, and because I'm scared of not knowing what to say, I had a line prepared in my mind, and I was going to say it if somebody said what was going on. And so the first person walked up to me, and I said, I heard this is a good place to go when you're sad. Somebody gave me a hug somebody else did. And it began to mean a lot to be in a place where it was okay to not be okay. 
It began to mean a lot that I could show up here and people would say this. And do you want to know what? That line turned out to be true. This was a good place to go when I was sad because my family showed up and they told me they cared about me and they told me they loved me. And I had a lot of family show up in a lot of different places, but this was a place where you all were gathered together and you showed up and you cared. And I began to realize that there's this truth that's deep inside of us. You see, in our toughest moments, we want to be alone. In our toughest moments, we want to be alone. If you click on that again. But in our toughest moments, we need each other. In our toughest moments, we want to be alone. But in our toughest moments, we need each other to bear each other's burdens. In our toughest moments, there are things that are too big for us. There is this phrase that it's not in the Bible. It's just something that people say to each other to try to get through the moments. God will never give you more than you can handle. Alone. God will never give you more than you can handle alone. God will give you plenty more than you can handle— or God will give—I'm sorry, I'm saying this wrong— God will give you more than you can handle by yourself. But God will never give you something and not give you community to bear it with. Not give you himself to walk with you. God will never simply leave you there and say, okay, here's what's going on. We struggle through life. Pain shows up. We struggle with difficulty in in, in really tough situations. And what pain says is, get me out of here. I need to be by myself. And what we hear in Scripture is we need each other. That there's a church full of people whose job it is, whose commission it is to find you, to care about you, to bear your burdens. We hurt together. Our job is not to be alone or to face these things by ourselves. Our job is to do these things as one. Sometimes there's no hope. There's no repair. There's no fixing it in sight. And there's all these laments that are in our hearts. But I'm always amazed that the scriptures have these laments that are not alone. They're together. They're made for communities to say as one. Some of them were made when the community, when the whole nation was struggling of Israel. But some of them are simply just because people are struggling and they need to know that they're in it together. Here's what Psalm 60 said as we began to read this morning. Oh God, you have rejected us and broken our defenses. You have been angry. Now restore us. You have caused the land to quake. You have torn it open. Repair the cracks in it for it is tottering. You have made your people suffer hard things. You have given us wine to drink that made us real. It's like we said with David last week. The pain is so all-encompassing that it makes them feel like it's coming from God. But God first says, bring me your whole heart. But the second thing he says is, you're not in this alone. You have each other. You were wired to lift each other up in this pain. You were, you are, you are designed to care for each other. The question is, how can we face these things alone? That's the question that pain asks. How am I going to get through this so I can get back to normal? But the question God asks is, how will you face them together? 
How will you bear each other's burdens? How will you not let each other be by yourselves, but instead pick each other up and surround each other? You see, our first response when God doesn't fix it is to be honest with God. But our second response is to draw close to one another. To hold each other in your arms. To remind each other that you're never going to be alone and that you will always have somebody who's with you. That's what church is all about. That's why we say faith is a team sport. That's why we say community matters so much. That's why just, you know, checking out some articles online and reposting a, a, a verse on Facebook is great. But when the faith community is really in action, it's because we're hurting and we're lifting each other up and we're building each other up. God cares for us through other people like a deep embrace filled with love, filled with strength, and filled by no longer being afraid. We give thanks for this community. I give thanks for this community each and every day because who you are means that people will know God's love. And the way that you bear each other's burdens means that we will never, ever, ever have to be alone. The pain will drive us apart. But God's love and mercy will bring us back together again. Bring your pain to your church and let them bear their burdens alongside you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we keep singing these words even when it hurts. And we're so glad that when it hurts and when we struggle, that you don't leave us to face these things alone, but that you give us a community. You give us to one another who have struggled and who have been comforted by you, that we may bring those words of hope and life and joy again that we may not be afraid that we'll be stuck in our pain forever, but that we know that our church and our community will walk with us. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, our Lord, and together God's people said, amen.